Welcome to the Urbanism Speakeasy, the podcast focused on human-scale design, planning, design, and engineering issues that impact all of us, discussed in plain English. No degrees or silver spoon pedigree required. Now, here's your host, Andy Baino. Chuck Wolf is a lawyer based in Seattle, Washington. What does law have to do with urbanism? Well, a ton. We know that, but we aren't going to dwell too much on legalese in this episode. Actually, we aren't going to dwell at all on legalese. But Chuck, besides being an attorney, is also a teacher, a writer, and a photographer. He's a walking encyclopedia for environmental land use and transportation issues. Chuck's latest book is called Seeing the Better City, How to Explore, Observe, and Improve Urban Space. You can already pre-order it now on Amazon. The message of the book is pretty simple. It's this. It is important for all of us, all walks of life, to explore, observe, and share our observations in the interest of improving the environment around us. So, Chuck, I think the best place to start is the basic motive to move the reader beyond simple observation of space around us. Can you talk a little bit about the distinction that you mentioned between potholes and the human experience? Sure. Hi, Andy. Thanks very much for the kind introduction. I'm not sure you described me, but um, I'll, I'll try and live up to it, what that description was. Um, yeah, I think you've captured the, the message of the book uh, pretty darn well. I mean, this is designed to be an enabler. It's designed to excite people about learning about their neighborhoods, um, places they travel to, and actually bringing home examples from afar to to improve their cities. And so to speak to your question in particular, um, there's a sort of a quippy phrase early in the book about, well, okay, so we we have all sorts of ways of reporting out our observations to cities right now, like find it, fix it apps that talk about repairing the pothole down the street or the, you know, the sidewalk that you need the engineering department to come out and, and fix. And you can upload that. To, in many cities, and eventually folks will come out and take a look. Um, what I am trying to say is urban photography for advocacy purposes and to elevate a civil dialogue is a lot more than um, those types of uh, pothole-fixing photos that we might snap with our smartphones and, and, and load up to a website or through an app. But it's a piece of the puzzle, and it is one role clearly that um, what I like to call urban diaries, which often include photography, can play today. You mentioned Anne Wiston-Spurn in the book, and she's of the mind that so many people own and use cameras. Like you mentioned, they're familiar with these apps, or even if they're not, they're actually, they're using their cameras and they might take a shot. Maybe they don't use an app, but they email it or they use social media to send it to their local government and say, hey, fix this thing. But she says that so few of us use our cameras as a way to think. And I know you just said you're talking diary, which can be broader than a camera. But let's say hypothetically that I want to start using a camera to think as I'm exploring. I have my smartphone fully charged. I get my comfortable shoes on. I go outside. I observe the built environment around me. So now what? You're talking about a diary. What am I looking for as I try to complete a diary? 
Another great question, and you and I both share the passion for urban and street photography in our work. Um, I even use it, you know, from a lawyerly perspective sometimes to uh, to bring context to what I do. I know you're, the last time I saw you, you were running out on, on a bike in Vancouver to do a photo blitz before you left town. Um, and Anne Spurn's a landscape architect and academic who has written a lot about the role of photography in her work. And what she's talking about is more than ever before in modern human history, we take photos. And, and as you alluded to, whether it's for a useful purpose or for a comical purpose, I mean, who isn't out with their smartphone uploading something to Instagram, Facebook, and so on. I know you are. I see it all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's kind of like, what, what are we doing? And, and so her version of it is, as you alluded to, never before have we photographed so much, but we do not speak in the visual language that we should as a result. I couch it as this book going on, going um, beyond observation for observation's sake. And what I am really trying to do, and I, I think it's a little bit different than all the great urbanism books out there now, or books about cities. So I'm trying to um, send people out to learn how to look around and then turn the corner towards a practical application and making a difference in cities where where we live now you ask well what do you do and that's really going to depend i don't want to beg that question but it's really going to depend on the diary urban diary purpose um i have a you know i i i quote others who pretty much say it all depends on who's looking at what and from which angle and i have all sorts of double entendre or double meaning photographs to illustrate that point Urban Diaries, the major tool of the book, can, can be done for many reasons. Inspiration, um, to assemble um, a way to make meaningful testimony at a public hearing, to upload um, to uh, civic officials as part of planning and policy processes, um, to convene neighbors to you know on specific projects. Um, there's a lot of personal and public applications of using a camera. And so I, I am going to give you a lawyerly answer to that question and say, it depends. It depends what, you know, and we can, we can, we can get more into that if you like, but uh, this, this book is, you know, I'm glad you asked that because this book does not want to be prescriptive. It wants to provide menus and examples and opportunities for people to see how if they go out and learn more about their surroundings, they may be less subject to being an immediate NIMBY about a new project in their area or, um, you know, there's the newer term called YIMBY, yes, in my backyard. I'm trying to explore the polarities between the two. And I hope that's a long answer, but I hope I, I'm, I'm somewhat clear there anyway. Well, I guess it depends on what I'm looking for, right? Yeah, it depends uh. on what you're looking for. And um, I have, I mean, to auger into your question, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's nature, there's color, there's structure, there's um, um, open spaces, there's the, the, the 
seam between public and private spaces. There's um, feelings of safety. There's feelings of happiness. There's feelings of danger. I mean, it really depends on why you're going out there. Um, and I have a so I guess, yeah, I have a variety of reasons why you might go out there that I eliminate as well. Yeah, and I guess just taking take one individual, take me as an example. Um, I could look at, uh, I could go explore for two very different purposes, even with the same people. I could take my two young boys out. We could explore and document what feels great about their favorite park or an area around uh, a playground in a school. From their eyeballs at a few feet off of the ground, the things that they observe. And then there's with the same group of people, my kids and I, we could go out with a specific mission knowing that the area I live is working on a long range area plan to talk about land use and where should we put sidewalks and where should we have bike lanes. We could go out on a mission for that kind of thing and document, here's how we would get to the swimming pool if there was just a connection between us and the pool. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And I mean, the book, the book isn't out for, um, we're, we're talking on October 1, and the book won't be out for a couple of months. Um, so I can't send people to get ready examples just yet. However, I just happen to be working on uh, a tip sheet with my publisher That'll be out pretty soon, and um, if I could allude to that, because it really um, it really captures what you've just said. Um, I have a I have a in the book a sort of a simple approach to Urban Diaries, kind of an off the cuff approach, and then I have an actual method that is um, acronym an acronym that I can never remember until I look at it, and it's very cute. It's called the Lens Method, and um, that is um, addressed at the words look explore narrate and summarize and um, really quickly this tip sheet's going to say things like choose the diary tool and type well we know it's going to be a camera for you we you've you've outlined different types of diaries you might go out and pursue depending on context plan the preliminaries in other words, are you going to go on a, on a path, a direct path, or are you going to wander in the spirit of the derive, um, which is a French term that essentially says, hey, don't go the direct path that, that is the easiest way. Go out and wander and really learn about the uh, city around you. So that's planning the perimeter. Select the diary parameters. Think about what you're going to be looking for people place stuff stuff that defines our quality of life um, the role of transportation nature color identifiable change some of the things i was talking about before graffiti spontaneous expression street features blah 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 and then um use the lens method um and look explore narrate and summarize and you know that's some of your examples on a walk from home to a chosen destination, summarize experience in one to two photographs. Um, pick five favorite. I like that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to uh, draw it on here, but go ahead. I, I was yeah. just going to say, I, I like the idea of um, articulating the purpose and then highlighting a few things that you might be looking for in advance because it could be that you wander if you don't have any purpose outlined at all other than just to say, 
well, my community is going to have a long range plan. So I'm going to go take pictures. You might find yeah. yourself walking around and not clicking the shutter at all. And you're not sure what you're looking for. But if you actually have a few go to things, then your eyes are you're open for at least a handful of issues to look for. And then it may be that you find yourself three times in the same week going back out, but with a different purpose each time. But I like exactly. that idea, that recommendation that you give of articulate your purpose. Yeah, exactly. And we need not go through the whole list. Um, I will say that there are some further tips about finalizing your conclusions and use and how you're going to present the material, be it a social media upload or, you know, some existing feedback loop that may be out there, such as p public comment and so on. But I think what's really important is um, that um, I try very hard, maybe too hard, to come up with um, some really, um, I think, good suggestions to accomplish what you've just said um, in terms of pre-contemplating uh, what, what, what your purpose is. Now, that's not to say I'll take you on for a moment because that's not to say just a random walk is not a good idea especially if you're not used to critically looking around. Um, it, it, you know, you can, I, I do say this is like, you'll appreciate this, is like learning to ride a bicycle or play the <laughs> piano or ski or whatever. It's an, it's an acquired skill, but I really don't want to tell people what to do. I want to give them the tools to figure out what's right for them in their particular context. And actually, um, the heart of the book, chapters three and four, as I recall, really focus on um, not only what the Urban Diary tool is, um, but how to go out and define your personal city, as I put it, using the uh, diary tool. So after compiling and sharing, how will we know what the better city looks like? How are we going to know when we find it? That's another, it depends, I'm afraid, because <laughs> what I, uh, that's a very important question because it's the provocative title. It's the, it's the title that draws you in, but it's also designed to be the title that makes you think what is the better city. And as I point out, sometimes you have to see the worst city before you know what the better city is. Um, better city is a normative term. Better city to whom? I think um, there's a lot of perspectives on that. On the one hand, this is the better city for you, for your kids, for me. Individualism, some people would say, is good. Others, as we move into what is chapter five of the book, which is all about neural networks and the smart city and modern applications, might say that this subjective normative term is a problem. And we are out from an empirical uh, perspective to validate what the better city might be um, on a quantitative basis. So we move from that personal and subjective into a more data-driven world. We can talk about a range of things going on um, through now increasingly well-known studies or uh, the likes of Google and Apple and many others trying to take crowdsource photography and conclude something from it. And you have no doubt seen the articles, you're aware of the MIT studies and others that say, hey, guess what, Jane Jacobs was right. Not because we feel that way, based on a personal subjective stand, you know, standpoint, but because from a massive neural network analysis of a million photos around the world, this is the human preference. 
So again, the answer to your question depends. And I think the one of the major themes of the book is the tensions between the subjective and the objective, such as I've just described, and also the subjectives, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the tension between what I call the urban within and the urban without, the, um, you know, our internal perceptions of the city versus um, all the tangible physical structure that supposedly the city is. And I spend a lot of time on that stuff. And so your open-ended question um, creates an open-ended answer um, that, that does go back to the it depends, but I think you'll see why I answered it depends based on um, the substance of what I've been saying for the last couple of minutes. We've talked a couple of times about public involvement or public comments, and then I mentioned long-range planning and that sort of thing. Um, I think one of the things that I like about this is it doesn't have to be for the, for the user or the, the person carrying uh, walking around and creating an urban diary. They don't have to wait for a massive project to then go rally either for or rally against. This could be the kind of thing where you're talking with your city traffic engineer or your zoning administrator and they tell you something in black and white. They show you the chart that says, this is what density should be in your neighborhood according to the long-range comprehensive plan. And they say, this is what the street design should be. And you're looking at charts and graphs that don't make sense. But if you, as just the ordinary person, can say, well, I'm not sure what type of street. I don't know if this is an arterial or a collector that I want, but let me show you what I like. And then showing, sharing with someone your diary whether it's just simple words written down or it's a combination of, like you described, photographs with ideas attached to those photographs. I think that's going to be really beneficial for people. Well, good. It sounds like you've read the proof I've sent you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I really, I, no, I appreciate your, your, your pointing that out because I, I did spend a lot of time in what became Chapter 5 and the conclusion with some help from others um, really not just in the United States, but in particular um, in Australia, someone who shares the same interests that you and I have who's a planner. And we really tried to find examples of, um, of, of both setting the stage for meaningful dialogue with city officials, such as you've alluded to, um, and show examples of cities that were already trying to, what we call elicit, um, the perspective of residents for what resonates with, with them. And there are some cities um, that I think I've mentioned before to you, such as Austin, Texas and their code next project and um, the um, picture Adelaide 2040 down in Australia. Um, there, there are some really cool things already going on. I think, what I've done is I've, I've, I've bridged that again with some of the more classic subjective forms of observation and do make the point, I don't want to give too much away here, but I, I've, I think I've already said it. I mean, I do make the point that even the most um, uh, techy use of a, of a photo in all of the new neural network, smart city work, emulating the way humans think, well, guess what? You're emulating the way humans think, and the inputs are going to be sometimes the very evocative coffee table photo you might have taken with a Leica. Um, it may come through a smartphone now. It may be uploaded by a smartphone, but um, 
let's not kid ourselves. The human element here is still incredibly critical, even though we may be fascinated in our daily reading by ways in which uh, the human element is being simulated and validated uh, by technology. I'm looking forward to this being on the street in everybody's hands. I think it would be fun next year when everybody has the opportunity to get their own copy to do a some kind of video broadcast where maybe you're stepping through sample diaries that people have done and sent you uh, or something that I've done and, and sent you so we yeah. can, in that sense, show you beyond just tell you. I think <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'd be fun to do. No, that'd be, that'd be a great idea. And I'm actually, um, with, that, with that kind of thing in mind, um, while we're all waiting for the book to come out, I'm going to be doing some, to use a techie term, beta testing, um, in particular over in Spokane, Washington, in a, in a few weeks, where in the afternoon we do what's called a walk shop. And um, I, with the handout I riffed from um, a few moments ago, help people go out, um, look at changing neighborhoods in Spokane, compile their own diaries. And then in my evening quasi book talk i also use examples from um what others have uh photographed during the day so yeah that sounds really cool if we could um do that on a much larger scale i'll let you know how that works all right well chuck wolf i appreciate the time um the best place online for people to reach you is what um well there's twitter cr wolf law um and Facebook and all the rest. It's I uh, I think uh, with my um, with my regular writing, it always points to my Twitter account. Um, I'd be I'd be remiss to give away my law firm uh, uh, email because that would make my days too distracting and fun. <laughs> so <laughs> so we can we can leave it at Twitter. I know you put up some information as well, and um, I'm always happy to talk to people about all this. And so it's great to talk to you again as always. All right. And I will put the links in the show notes and especially seeingthebettercity.com where people can read more about the book and jump on and pre-order. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please visit urbanismspeakeasy.com to sign up for news and podcast updates delivered right into your inbox. Totally free.